think it's all about how do you make it easy for your customers? We talk about the effortless team, but your product should work on its own. How do you start to invest in finding those opportunities to reduce the friction and the experience for your customers and allow them to do what they do? Because that's at least our goal. Our goal is to support our owners to do what they love to do. Welcome to the SMB Tech Innovators podcast powered by Gusto. On this show, we explore the intersection of fintech, vertical SaaS, and how software combats the rising complexity of running a business. Our goal is to share stories, advice, and best practices from the leaders and investors behind today's cutting-edge platforms. This episode of the SMB Tech Innovators podcast is brought to you by Gusto Embedded. Gusto has spent a decade building and testing its payroll, tax filing, and compliance infrastructure, which is available as a robust set of APIs so you can develop custom-tailored payroll solutions. For more information, go to embedded.gusto.com. Here's your host, Brian Bush. On this episode of the SMB Tech Innovators podcast, my guest is Mara Wraith. Chief Customer Officer at FreshBooks, a leading cloud-based accounting software that's built for business owners and accountants. Mara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in, but let's get the audience anchored first. You have an interesting background from consulting, broadband networks, and now with accounting software. So tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to FreshBooks. Sure. If I go back into the history of time, I graduated from undergrad with an engineering degree because that's what you do when you don't know what else to do at a school. And I actually went directly into consulting. I spent some time in technology consulting where I really focused my areas of expertise on, I'd say, the interaction of and how humans interact with new technology. So we were always implementing new things for our clients and really the place that I spent most of my time was on the human performance side. So how do we get business teams and processes and people to start to integrate and work with all this new technology that they were building? Did some strategy and some other things, but that was really, I'd say, the focus. After traveling a bunch and wanting to have a more grounded life, I moved, stopped consulting, and I went into telecommunications. I joined Canada's largest telecommunications company, and I spent time there at 10 years in customer experience. So I did pretty much everything from helping run the actual call centers to loyalty and retention marketing. I just did a little bit of marketing, project management, and really looked at end-to-end how we deliver services to our customers, how our customers feel about our services, and how do we go and fix the pain points in the organization in order to improve customer experience. I was then given an opportunity to lead the customer-facing data teams. And so the reason that's a bit interesting is that if you think about what I had done to date, I was more of a client of the data team than a developer who had grown up Mm. in that space. And that gave me the unique perspective of running the data team in terms of how would I perceive it from a client's perspective or from a client of the data team. So how do we really focus on business-driven decisions, outcomes for our end users and things like that? Spend a bunch of time there, love every moment of it. And then during the pandemic, I was offered an opportunity to go and build out FreshBooks data team as the chief data officer there. So I joined FreshBooks almost three years ago now. Started in data, built out their data practice, integrated what we call business technology. So what are all the technology I'd say that our internal FreshBookers use while also thinking about how we deliver data-driven solutions to our customers. And then most recently, I was asked to also lead our support team. So now I have the privilege of going back to my roots, really support all of our end customers, whether they be our internal FreshBookers, but also really our actual FreshBooks customers and how to deliver amazing solutions and experiences for them. Thank you for that. And I think one of the most interesting pieces there is the fact that when you didn't know what you want to do, 
you picked probably one of the hardest college majors to get started with. I think I tried to just keep all the dollars off open as long as I possibly could. Maybe we'll come back to that a little later. But for now, walk us through a little bit what FreshBooks offers and where the platform is different from some of your competitors. To simply put it, FreshBooks is cloud-based software that is built for small business owners and accountants. FreshBooks is designed with the owner-first mentality, allowing owners to really focus on what they do and let the accounting and all the technology happen in the background. Really all about how do we help service-based businesses ease of use to start as an invoicing platform, migrated into an accounting platform. We've now done a bunch of work on what we're coining collaborative accounting to bring owners into our platform to really help work with their clients to help run their business. We pride ourselves on our award-winning customer support. So the other real big differentiator for us is our 4E mantra, which is how do we execute extraordinary experiences every day for each of our small business owners? We're there to answer the phones when they need our help. Really, we put the customer at the heart of everything they do. When we launched even our collaborative accounting program last month, it's really turning the industry a little bit on its head from that perspective because traditionally, accountants would want their owners out of the platform. And we really want our accountants working with their owners in the platform so that they can work together to really successfully help run their businesses. I'm particularly interested where we're going to go is a little bit how you see the rise of vertical SaaS that start from really an invoicing, a bill pay, and then growing into kind of a broader solution now bringing in accountants. I think it's fascinating. Maybe I'm just curious, what specifically does collaborative accounting look like in the platform? So with collaborative accounting, small business owners will handle the front end tasks of managing their business. So invoicing, expense management, time tracking, project management, all the things that our FreshBooks customers are best equipped to do. Those are the things that the owner will do to manage their business. Meanwhile, their accountant has access to all the data in real time and can focus on the technical accounting tasks like reconciling accounts, closing the books, providing advisory services like tax strategies and financial analysis to really help owners grow. The way we see it, it's a win for both sides. Well, I appreciate that. A theme that we get into a lot in this show and with several other guests is around product strategy and especially the rise of vertical SaaS competition versus horizontal players like, I'll say, the typical accounting solution or the typical accounting platform. So how do you see the rise of vertical SaaS players? Are you concerned that this is a new trend that's seriously competitive with FreshBooks? Or how do you see the landscape evolving? When we think about the FreshBooks journey, that's what we became, right? We started as an invoicing tool focused on payments and now into accounting. And the next piece for us is payroll. And so when we really think about our niche, it's about a niche product for what we coin service-based businesses. So folks who invoice for a living, whether that be creative services, construction, places where you're not selling as much a physical good or service, but you're selling your services where you invoice. And then the next thing, and what we've really noticed in our business is that we've grown with our customers. So as our customers have gotten bigger, we've realized their needs get bigger. And so That's the need for full accounting, as well as the next place that we're moving is really now into payroll, because as our owners grow, they have employees too, and so they need to start to pay them. So we've actually watched the FreshBooks journey grow with our customer base, and it's been really exciting to watch. And there's so many customers we've had along the way who have been excited about that because they've been able to grow with us, and we've watched them grow and they've watched us grow, and it's been really nice. And I imagine the product roadmap feels a little bit easier when you're growing with these businesses that are growing. Although, Mark, you said something there that was actually fascinating. Customers who invoice for a living. I haven't heard Mm -hmm. that before. I'm curious if that was something that came out, say, in your work as the chief data officer. This was something that you surfaced through that work in the data. Or if you feel like that was a customer insight that was with FreshBooks before you joined. So if you actually read the FreshBooks founder story, 
our founder, Mike McDermott, was running a small ad marketing agency and he was using, I want to say, Microsoft Excel, a spreadsheet of sorts to invoice his customers and he saved over an invoice. And he said there had to be a better way. And that was the founding of FreshBooks where he realized that there weren't any platforms or tools out there for folks who actually did that for a living. And that was really the impetus of how FreshBooks started. And so if you go back to our roots 20 years ago, When we talk about this whole notion of niche products, it's interesting because I'd say FreshBooks was a little bit of ahead of its time back then when that was the whole spark for how do we do something really well for a specific subset of the small business market that's traditionally been underserved. So that's a fascinating, I I hadn't heard that story before, but you mentioned payroll and I will say we announced recently a partner, we're deepening the partnership between Gusto and FreshBooks. We're very excited about that. But as we chat a little bit before we hit record, you have experienced working with many other embedded technologies. So I want to get into, as you're thinking, whether it's your data hat, whether it's an embedded fintech lens, how do you think about sort of the build versus buy versus partner decision framework when it comes to embedded technologies as you're building new tools and features within the platform? I think for us, or for me, but really for FreshBooks, it's been all about what is our core competency? And and when we take a step back, our core competency is building experiences for our owners, right? And we've done that really well in the spaces that we've played in. And then the question when it comes to, so what do you build and what do you buy? If we can build the experience and buy some of the other components That's a win for us. So especially when we look at things like payroll, where there's tons of regulatory compliance, that's a place that we build uh, or that we would buy, but then benefit of of what we call the embedded pieces that we still get to own and support Mm. our customers with the experience, right? For us, it's important that if a customer is using FreshBooks payroll, that when they call FreshBooks, we can support them on our payroll because experiences is what we do and being able to provide that amazing support is what we do. and so. That's been a really good example for us, which is this our core competency? Are there regulatory challenges or are there things that would say this is a huge barrier for us to building it ourselves? And then is there a way that we can actually support the experience as we move forward? You mentioned AI companies and AI products. That's what people talk to me about a lot because of the the chief data hat that I wear. Again, it's what's the benefit outside versus inside and what's your core competency? Our core competency is knowing our product and our customers. Anything that touches those things we would build. Other things that are really more externally facing that require data and insights that is probably bigger than FreshBooks, we would buy. So just to contrast, you know, that we put in from fraud solutions lately to try to make sure that we keep fraudsters out of our platform. We definitely aren't the experts on all the fraud in the world. So that's something that we would buy. And when you see really successful AI companies, that those are the ones that have created sort of general purpose technology that can be applied to multiple industries thing that we build. So we actually launched the ability for owners to more easily categorize their expenses. That's something that we think we know our small business owners and their expenses better. We've got lots of information on how people categorize different types of expenses. So that's something that then we would build. And so I really think it's all about going back to what is the heart of your business? What's your competitive advantage? And making sure you maintain that and then buying where appropriate. So I want to dig deeper because you said you're focused not on your core competencies, but for FreshBooks, the experience is the core competency. You also said, hey, it's great to buy when there's a lot of regulatory compliance. So I'm curious whether it's the fraud example or payroll, how are you connecting the dots with that offline experience with the customer success or support teams who now need to, as you said, answer payroll questions? Have you had any learnings or insights there in terms of the holistic customer experience when working with some of these embedded technologies where you're in a sense outsourcing some of the compliance or regulatory complexity? 
I'd say actually one of the bigger learnings for FreshBooks as we've engaged on and embarked on these journeys, because as we think about original core SaaS companies, product does things end to end. One of the things that we've actually spent a lot of time at FreshBooks on in the last little bit, and it's partly been with the rise of a lot of these internal embedded technologies or just other things that we're doing is the importance of, I'd say, what we're calling our internal technology group or our business technology group thinking about how we connect all the pieces together and how do we bring everybody to the table. So how do we make sure that, for example, our support folks are trained the way they need to be trained from a gusto perspective as it relates to payroll? We have folks that have received training from our fraud prevention and making sure that we have really seamless connection with our partners so that, again, we can get the answers that we need with appropriate timing to support our customers the best that we can. There are some handoffs, but we try to do the best we can to support our customers and take that load off of them. So if we can reach out to the other support teams, we will and really think about that. And there's been a lot of work that's happened, I'd say at FreshBooks over the last little bit, as we've launched new products in this different way. It feels different than when you launch a new feature that you've built end to end. And how do we understand all the interconnectivities and all the things that need to happen within the building to make our customers successful. That's interesting. And I imagine there's a lot of, hey, let's step through that customer journey in advance to try and find the corner cases, find those handoff points so that we're prepared when we finally hit the go live button and actually launch a new feature like that. For sure. We actually have an entire team in support. We call them the effortless team. It's a handful of some of our best folks who take the time to understand where are the pain points. They look at all the things that people call in about and they work really close with product and the rest of the organization to identify the pain points for our customers and try to create solutions to make it better. So the effortless team has been a huge cornerstone of our customer experience value prop in really trying to find those challenges. Because that's the hardest part, right? How do you find the problems and how do you notice the themes? And when I put the data hat on, if you actually look at most support organizations, the thing that's the biggest problem is the thing that starts with the letter A, because on the dropdown, that's the thing at the top of the list. Mm. And how do you really get into that real good habit of having people categorize the challenges, doing it in a way that we can systematically identify them, and then go and solve those problems. And that team has been so important to us as we move through our customer journey. I feel like we're going to borrow the idea of having an effortless team or this, the wedge in with these new products, somebody who's thinking very holistically and trying to find the problems for customers and find solutions faster. That seems like a fascinating idea. But you touch on your data hat, Mara, and I want to turn to you all have been actually, I think, in the news lately, talking about a little bit about AI and specifically how SMBs are leveraging some of these new generative AI tools with some research. So would love if you tell us a little bit about what you all are finding there and how the landscape of AI for small, medium businesses is evolving. For sure. We did a study on, like you said, on how small businesses are using AI. You know, there's a lot of information out there. I'd say how big companies are using AI. We really want to understand how does this impact our customer base? We did this sort of right around when ChatGPT launched. Generative AI was all the rage and trying to understand all of that. So what we found was that a quarter of our small business owners said they're already either using or testing generative AI in general, spread it across all of our industries. So there wasn't an industry that particularly stood out. And then what we also found is two thirds would say, I'm going to try it. So I think that there's an understanding that exists and a recognition that they want to try it. The places that we're seeing it used the most is what we would call as a co-pilot or creating what I would call the first draft. So how do we start to think about generating text for your website, some images? To a lesser extent, some of them are using it for customer support. I think that most of our small businesses still want to talk to their customers. They're using it for image creation. So a lot of general marketing purposes. 
One of the things that we see is that for a lot of our small business owners, it's that ability to generate ideas more quickly, create a first draft that you can react to. That's been super helpful. The other thing that I think has been interesting is that a lot of the big news outlets talk about how AI is going to reduce all these jobs and jobs are going to go away. What the efficiency conversations that are happening in the news right now. I think from the flip side, I don't think any of our small business owners are worried that they're going to be personally replaced by AI, but they do think it's going to make them more efficient. So will they need to hire fewer people in the future? Possibly, but they are really excited about how they think it's going to allow them to scale their businesses and grow. I appreciate that. that as you said, the New York Times, the big outlets are all talking about how this will impact the economy at large or really big companies. I appreciate that you are digging into kind of what are the trends with small, medium businesses. I then want to ask, what do you think this means for SaaS platforms? We touched a little bit on some of the build by framework earlier around some of the AI tools you're looking at, but maybe with your data hat on, how do you see some of these AI tools being brought into SaaS companies or what advice and recommendations do you have for folks who are in a similar situation and thinking about how much AI should we be incorporating or adopting? So I think especially in SaaS and really in any business, there's sort of two places you can really think about AI. There is How do you use what I would call AI for your teams? And then how do you think about AI for your customers? And to me, the first is way simpler than the latter because there's more control. And when we think about building AI, you need the entire end-to-end machine to make it, if you wanted to put it into your platform, there is a significant investment you have to make in terms of creating the data pipelines, allowing it to get into your product, constantly monitoring it, updating it, training it making sure it's supported. I think the one thing I'll say is if you want to put AI in your platform, which is a great thing to do, and there's lots of amazing use cases, it's really about recognizing that the first thing that you're going to do is going to create a more investment than the follow-on because there is an infrastructure piece that you need to build. And then the real question becomes, what is the pain point you're trying to solve? I think there is the idea of, are you doing it because you want to put a little sticker that says powered by AI or because to me, it's about more than that. And it's really about what is the value and what are the customer pain points that they have that you can consult with AI. So what we found, and this is a FreshBooks example, was that owners were spending a lot of time categorizing their expenses. It's a tedious task that isn't fun. If we can make recommendations, say, oh, we think that these are what your mm-hmm. expenses are and it's this much simpler click. That's one that for us was a customer pain point that we wanted to address. On the internal side, the other piece that a lot of companies are doing around customer support, that's my personal background as well. And to me, if I would give you anyone any advice in the customer support space is is what's my eject button? And I think that the reality is that AI-powered support is super valuable because if someone can get the answer that they need without talking to a human, that's ideal. Mostly because it's faster, right? People Mm -hmm. don't want to spend time on support. So how do you make it, again, effortless? How do you allow people to find the information they're looking for without searching through websites? But then once it becomes, this thing can't help me, one of the things that we've really spent a lot of time on at FreshBooks is how do I make sure that I can click get to an agent and that's easy? We don't want to go in that. How do you get out of that bot loop, if you will? So that's just another thing that we've also spent a lot of time on is how do we use AI to support our customers, but make sure that the ones who need an actual human can get to them very quickly. I think I've been stuck in that bot loop occasionally, and I can feel the pain of that experience. So I think that insight of having an eject button, at least on the customer support side, seems very valuable. Mara, as we start to close, let's up-level just a little bit. Not every organization has a chief data officer. So I'd love if you would share some of your experience, especially any tips, tricks, tactics that have worked for you that use data to drive customer insights and then act on those across the organization. 
Yeah. So I think that the piece of advice I would give if there is any is, especially when you're building out a data team, a lot of it is a lot of work and there's a lot of information and a lot of energy that goes into building the pipelines, the warehouse and all the things you need. And the one thing I've noticed every time I've walked into a data organization is that there are models and there are insights that I would call put on a shelf because there was something that someone asked Mm. someone to do, but there was no real action to come out of it. It's what I like to call dinner party data. So dinner party data is you show up and you're like, oh, I've got someone to talk to today. Then you have you need that thing that you have to say. You have something interesting to tell people. And it's a fact. It's a fact, probably an interesting fact, but it's not going to change your business. It's not going to do anything. The thing that is really important that I stress with my team every day is what is the business going to do? What are you going to change? What action are you going to take after I do this analysis for you or after I produce this piece of insight. And to me, if you can't answer that question, then the work is worth doing for the most part. Oftentimes, we spend a lot of energy on dinner party data and not a lot of time on what I would say actionable insights that will drive your business forward. Avoid dinner party data. Kids. No, it's not. You don't have to avoid it. it there's a mm. purpose for it, right? It's interesting. If you have to go to a dinner party, dinner party data is good for board meetings. If you have to prepare for those, and you want to mm. share things. But when you're really thinking about resource constraints and where to focus your energy and attention, especially as you're thinking about analytics, even when you're thinking about AI, so what's your first model? What's a thing that you could actually change, right? To me, that's what's really important. And lastly, I'll ask you to put your customer experience hat back on. What advice or what trends are you seeing in terms of improving the customer experience these days? What advice do you give to other SaaS leaders when they ask you this question? I think it's all about How do you make it easy for your customers? We talked about the effortless team, but your product should work on its own. How do you start to invest in finding those opportunities to reduce the friction and the experience for your customers and allow them to do what they do? Because that's at least our goal. Our goal is to support our owners to do what they love to do. I love that. Sometimes the most powerful insights are so simple and It should be easy. Can't get more simple than that. Mara, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of your insights. Before we wrap up, could you tell our listeners where they might find you, say on social media, if they want to connect or have questions and want to go deeper? Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn, Mara Rafe. Mara, again, thank you so much. Appreciate the time today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the SMB Tech Innovators podcast. We'll make sure to link to any resources that were mentioned in today's show in the show notes. Please also feel free to leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast or to connect with the Gusto Embedded team via LinkedIn. In particular, we'd love to hear any future guests you'd like us to have on the show. Thanks again for listening and keep a lookout for the next episode.